Welcome to the Shoot in the Cube podcast, the podcast that's hotter than your competition cooker and your first wife. We'll be talking barbecue and more with one of the top pitmasters in the game. Get ready for juicy tips, saucy tricks, and sizzling stories that'll leave you hungry for more. Let's start shooting the cube. Here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? Today, we're joined with our good friend, Andrew Arbogast, who, for all of you that does not know Andrew, Andrew is the proud developer and owner of Arbo's Cheese Dip. How are you doing today, Andrew? And Heath, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. And first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, it's so strange, not that there's, you know, cheese dip podcasts out there, but the way that I've kind of made myself or the brand or, you know, the cheese dip itself gotten into the barbecue scene, it's so much fun. And I think it's like, the, I guess my favorite category of food, love eating it, can't cook it, but I can provide the cheese dip. So thanks for having me. Hey, man, any, any time. And so for the guests that don't know you, why don't you uh, tell us what you do and who you are? Certainly. So um, as as you said, Arbogast, so that's the name of the dip, Arbo's Cheese Dip. And um, I started this two years ago, I would say December 31st, 2020, uh, a little over two years ago, and it was when I was working at my corporate job um, and pandemic happened. I've always had a passion for food and wanted to go to culinary school for, I mean, decades. Um, when I was in the Army getting ready to get out, I brought it up to the wife, and she <laughs> kind of laughed at me. So I'm like, all right, well, corporate it is. But this is something that my dad has always made um, for decades, and it's a comfort food for me. It reminds me of home because I didn't live in you know my hometown, Memphis, for 20 years, uh, whether it was you know, high school, college, and active duty, uh, but whenever I came home, like he knew he was going to have a fresh batch right there uh, waiting for me when I got home, and I'd always bring it back to where I was going and learn to make it myself, and uh, it, it's just something that spurred um, one day, and I, you know, dumb, ignorant me was like, well, this can't be that hard, um, and it's incredibly hard, and it gets harder, but if you love what you do and you're passionate about it, it doesn't matter. That's right. And so you piqued my interest here. You said you were in the service. First of all, thank you for your service to our country. Oh, man, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's tell the viewers what you actually did in the service because I don't know the full gasp myself. Sure, yeah. So I purified water. No, I'm. I, uh, <laughs> that, that's one of those uh, interesting MOSs that we do have. But I actually uh, flew helicopters. I was an Apache pilot. Uh, Apache helicopter pilot. It's the um, the one gunship that the Army inventory has, where it's got thirty millimeter chain gun. They call it a thirty millimeter cannon, which it pretty much is, and then Hellfire missiles and you know a range of different types of rockets. So it it's there to protect our our troops, and uh, it was such a rewarding job. Um, and again, going back to my naivety with everything, I was like. This can't be that hard, you know. It's a it's a pretty sexy job, and gosh, man, you're up in the air, and you know you're flying. You got your front seater, and you got a wingman, and you got guys on the ground that are, um, you know, in trouble, and you're just trying to make sure you don't crash the helicopter, know where the friendlies are, know where the enemy is, and take care of business. But um, so again, that kind of played into the cheese dip as well, because it was thinking, you know, if I can deploy to the Middle East and you know come back and 
go through all of this, how hard could cheese dip be? And and sometimes I'm like, I wish I was back in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, you know, just uh, I think distribution world in general, you know, it's not just cheese dip, even on our side of the business. Yeah, it's really demanding, and it's I, I think COVID has kicked off a a a kind of a burst in your grocery stores and your places for local providers like ourselves. And, and sometimes those local brands, uh, you know, start catching on and going national. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been looking up to get some stuff out there and I know it's just a matter of time before, for you, you do too. I and mean, yeah, I, that's one thing I humbly stated, you know, maybe not to the masses, but when I started this, I had this vision of this product being on grocery store shelves across America. And I think that's what gave me the confidence is, you know, some people may say you got to believe it when I see it. Well, I saw it and we're not there yet, but I, I don't, I cannot think of anything other than, you know, just me dying. That's going to keep me from moving this thing, moving the needle and making it uh, a nationally distributed product. But you, you talk about, you know, uh, believing in it, but man, the steps to get there, there's so many lessons and failures that you have to go through and they suck. I mean, it, it, I, I know when I'm in them and I'm like, this, this will end, you know, this too shall pass. But when you're going through it, it is so hard. Um, but when you come out of it, man, you're 10 times better. So Man, they always told me my dad did a bought lessons, the best lesson. <laughs> and it seems like if I buy it once, I don't buy it again. That's it. And That's uh, it. I think I've told you that before, just yeah. us meeting and talking, and I try to pass on to my friends and fellow colleagues, there's no sense in you paying for that knowledge if I don't already paid for it. Man, so. and and that is so important. Um, I could probably draw out a list of ten things that you've told me that have helped me uh, avoid struggles and obstacles. And I, I love that this community, especially the barbecue community, when I see, you know, when I participate in a competition, you know, really just I'm there to have fun and provide some product, get the name out there. But I see how the synergy with everybody, everyone is so friendly and supportive of each other. And, you know, I, I don't have that with cheese dip. It's cutthroat, you know, uh, we're, we're not, I'd love to be friends with all the cheese dip manufacturers, but it doesn't work that way. So I'm just super impressed by, you know, not only the camaraderie that y'all have, but the help that you've given me and, you know, um, MW Smokers, they introduced us. And, I mean, it's just been a, a very fun venture for me, and y'all have helped tremendously. Well, well, tell me, what made you choose to pursue making Arbos in the first place once you got out of the service? You said you had a corporate job. So what really pushed you over the edge to just pursue that that dream? What really was the, the teeter point for you boredom and loneliness I mean I'm a, I, I thrive on relationships and and that bond with people and when I'm stuck at my house on a laptop and um, I, I get to thinking you know each promotion in, in the corporate space you know more money led to more and more unhappiness and I felt desperate for something else and uh, you know, there's these personality tests out there that you can take Myers-Briggs or whatever that, you know, will tell you, hey, you should be a dentist or you should be this or that. But man, food is my passion. And I'm like, well, I've got to figure out a way because I, I understand I've got young kids, me just starting this brand new thing, trying to, you know, maybe start a restaurant. It just, it, it didn't seem viable at the time. But 
I'm like, well, I can make, I woke up one day and it was just like dad's cheese dip, right? My dad's name's Charlie. Um, and so I started toying around with the idea of like, okay, asking my friends that not only, you know, were some that were entrepreneurs, some that weren't, and everyone was just very supportive. Like, dude, if anyone can do this, like we believe in you. And so that's what I need. I needed someone to tell me this is possible. Um, but you know, having the conversations with family, friends, you have to not only convince them, but convince yourself that it's not a pipe dream. Are you willing to put in the work, the effort, the extra hours? Because I was still working at my corporate job. And when I would finish working at five, I'd go to my buddy's uh, kitchen downtown and I'd cook till midnight, one o'clock, come back home with, you know, maybe four gallons of cheese dip because I spilled the rest of it all over the floor. Or I burnt it. And, and so I, but I, I was just sweating through all of it and I would wake up the next day, you know, not really care about my job. All I could think about was making cheese dip. Now I'm like, I don't want to make, make another bucket of cheese dip if I, if I don't have to, just because, you know, I got someone else making it for me, but the passion's still there. And, uh, I think it's just the bond that, you know, it still allows me to connect with people and, and, you know, Hey, I've got cheese dip. So it's like, I'm typically invited most places, not because of my personality or character. It's I've got product. <laughs> well, I mean, cheese dip, it goes a lot right along the lines with, if you show up with a cold beer somewhere oh my or gosh. a bottle of whiskey. And, yeah. and so you can never go wrong with that. It's like bringing flowers to your woman. You brought <laughs> cheese dip today, you know, yeah. and uh, you just can't, it goes hand in hand. It, right? it, yeah, it does. Uh, and, as soon as uh, I showed up, I was like, I, did, I forgot the beer, man. I, was, uh, pre- I brought chips, but I'm still missing something. Well, we always have a cold drink around the office mm. here, uh, whether it's a cold uh, beer or, uh, or uh, a few bottles that we keep in the cupboard over here. Oh, we yeah. always keep a little something in case, you know, somebody stops by. That's all, oh, man. That's uh, That's the good way. Um, my office is at my house, and so um, I typically have – uh, some bourbon on hand, but no one really comes over to work. So it usually turns into fun pretty quick. I mean, I used to do the same way. I started out working in that recliner at home, you yeah. know, with a with a laptop in my lap. I hated sitting at the desk in the office, and oh. uh, I would just turn off the TV and work from, from in that, and I built it up to having a shop and an office and different things, and, and so I know it's in the works for you. Yeah. There's not a doubt. What would you say is a common myth about your industry and cheese dip? Because I can honestly say I don't know that much about the cheese dip world. So Um, going back to, you know, my ignorance or lack of experience in this space, I knew personally and then just from seeing, you know, you you go to to parties, any any gathering you go to, there's always some sort of a dip, and usually it involves cheese. And my thought was, well, I don't have to come up with a formula that isn't proven. This has been made for years. But while I was going through this process, I would have anybody that came over to my house, you know, UPS guy, FedEx guy, cleaning ladies, whatever, I would make them do us a blind taste test with my product and two other local competitors. And every single time mine was chosen. So I had some fear of, hey, this is the home of ponchos at the time. Not anymore. <laughs> They, um, I, I was worried that I was going to get a lot of, a lot of, um, pushback, pushback. Right. And, and so, but when I did it, people were like, this is similar, but different. And I don't want to say that they said it was better, but it was like, okay, there's room for more. That was, that was my thing. I was like, Hey, there, you can't have enough cheese dips out there. There's always room for a competitor. And we tell ourselves that as barbecue guys, you know, one day they're going to buy 
somebody else's rub. One day they're going to buy mine. The next day they're going to buy somebody else's. And, you know, usually if you've got a good product, they're going to circle back to you. That's and it. so at the end of the day, you let your product speak for itself. That's it. And, and you don't have to scream it. You know, you let the customer scream it. And, and I just, I like the harmony of all the dips that are out there. But, you know, one of the common myths is, well, and I don't know if this is just dip specific or cheese specific, but where I'm, where my product is sold is in the deli, right? It's, it's considered, it's perishable. So it's refrigerated. It's not the Tostitos in a, a and the chip aisle. So you have to move the product quicker or you, you have to, you know, you're going to, once a grocery, this is the craziest thing, a groceries, when I found out getting into this, like, Hey, you know, if you're, you know, selling in Walmart and, um, your product expires before they're able to sell it, they charge you back for it. They won't pay you for what you, they didn't sell. And I, I, that was the hardest thing for me to understand. And, and, and even till today, it's it gets to the point where being in the deli, being in that that you know higher quality area, the margins are higher, right? And so, um, I originally I was like, I gotta I gotta be able to beat the competitors' prices, but then that evolved to where, you know, I think about I think about Yeti as a perfect example of, I buy Yeti stuff. Is there another brand out there that's fifty percent less? And does the same thing, you know, Yeti may say no, but I'm like, it keeps a drink cold or warm or whatever. But I love Yeti because you're attracted to that brand and that lifestyle, whatever it is. So I'm like, you said it, lifestyle, lifestyle. It's all about the lifestyle. Yes. And, and so I went from, instead of trying to be the lowest cost, which I had no chance in hell being able to do uh, based on my volume, I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep it the way it is because for one, I've got to make money and you know, it's not. Once you get into the, I say the bigs, getting into dis- distribution, everything else, you're facing chargebacks, deductions, and all this other stuff. And you're, you know, what you thought was a thirty percent margin or twenty five percent margin ends up being an eight percent margin. So you kind of like break even in some cases. But the more you grow, you know, the ideas that what about the, volume, volume, right? Yeah. So, so that's why I'm in such a, a, I say it's a sprint to to expand as quickly as I can, but. I think someone taught me a, a pretty good lesson uh, within the last month, and they said, "You know, you're 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 trying to grow, you know, in in Texas, and you, you're talking to a retailer in California or, or in, you know, the Northeast. Why would you want to spread yourself out a mile long but just an inch deep?" He's like, "Focus on what you have right now, because getting on the shelves is not the hard part." Getting off the shelves the hard part. That's it. So, and I was like, no way. It's so hard to get on the, sh- the shelves. What do you mean that's not mm-hmm. just going to sell and they're going to keep me? Well, how do you think I got into Kroger? They had to replace something else, right? And so I, that's what I live in fear of is just, you know, uh, things I can't. I, 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 it's, it's on me to control, but it's hard to manage um, both psychologically and, you know, how do you make sure your product is selling and you're not going to be the next one that's discontinued? It's real easy for, I think, people you work around to call you crazy when you have all these ideas and all this going on. And in the back of your mind, you just nailed it there. There's always competitors coming behind you. And so you always have to either, A, stay on the cutting edge. Your marketing has to be sharp. Your branding has to be sharp. It's all about that lifestyle. So you constantly have to stay on top. And you're just like me. You're a... You're, 
small family-owned business. You don't have hedge fund investors or anything like that. And I see so many brands these days now that are are taking a quick buyout or a take a quick partner, you know, at a big firm. And then before you know it, they own a very small percentage and they don't have any say-so in their brand or distribution. And like you said, the chargebacks and the this and the that and a lot of times dealing with co-packers and you're just an email pusher and you're you're placing the order because you brokered the deal and it leaves and yeah you know then it's a gets mixed up at a dock somewhere and a sheet of paper comes off the bungee the wrap oh, yeah. around the pallet that's it and they charge you five hundred dollars because it's missing a label on the side of a pallet i think a lot of it's insane a lot of our uh, fans out here and listeners does probably don't understand that or even know that side of the business it's something very unique that we have to deal with and like you said, the psychological factor at the end of the day is incredible. Um, sometimes, if you let it, it'll it'll beat you down, and it happens to me. And I still go through it. You know, resiliency is something I have to fall back on. You know, talk about time and service and what I went through for ten years in the army. Like that's what I'm like. All right, if I got through those experiences, this is a walk in the park. It's easier said than done, though, because uh, it's just so easy to go down that dark hole, and you're like, all right you know, then something good happens and you're back. It's just, you know, what they say, peaks and valleys, right? Peaks and valleys. That's right. Yeah. Look here, looking at your three cheese dips, what is your favorite one to make? Man, the white. I got to agree with you. White's absolutely my favorite. It It is. And it started with the yellow, like, cause that's, that was dad's. It's the OG dip. The OG, you know, and, um, I, to this day, um, it's uh, we've got a house divided, you know, half the kids love the original, the other want the white and I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, but they're so different and well, tell us about them. So this one right here, the, uh, this is, this is dad's, right? So this is the original and you probably can't see on the camera, but there's, there's a lot of, you can see the boldness, almost like you can taste it just from looking at the specs of seasoning, pepper, and tomatoes and stuff that's all blended in. So we take a American cheddar blend and um, combine it with tomatoes and chilies, but we blend it so that you, you there's not chunks in it. And it's got this, this viscosity or this consistency that you can dip it cold. And that's how we've always eaten it. So all these these great things about it are none – I can't claim – anything you know it's all my dad's stuff but it just worked out and that's one of our claims to fame is that it's it's always dippable you won't leave a broken chip behind and you eat it cold or if you want it warmed up man put it on tacos or macaroni and cheese base one that uh someone tried recently which i love this because they're not my ideas but i'm like good you know i appreciate that they made like mexican street style corn and poured arbos on it i'm like I was almost drooling thinking about that, right? That sounds good. I wish I could eat corn nowadays, but I can't. <laughs> and then we just we made a spicier version of the original where we kicked it up with some cayenne, and it gave it a smokier flavor. And some people are like, hey, man, that's better than the original. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know how I feel about that. But And then the white, creamy jalapeno flavors, got some onion, garlic, and, um, and white pepper, and it just – it still has that bold kick, but it's it's super mild to where kids can eat it and everything. You know, original kids love the original; they love them all. But they're just two totally different types: the white and the yellow. Well, what what's been your biggest fail so far by making dip? So, have you ever had any like 
just crazy things happen to you when I'm trying to get started or making it at home or anything like that? I've heard a couple stories. Yeah. Know, just instances that got mentioned to me about things happening to you. Yeah. Um, this, the, the, this was, you think about like the weight or the scale of the failure today compared to when you started. You know, I, I think it was like the first or second month. Um, I just made this huge batch down at my buddy's kitchen and I'm bringing it to a walk in cooler, but I'm driving it in my car and I had it in this, you know, 80 quart pot. And all I had was a lid on to secure it. And, you know, common sense says, well, at least, you know, tie it down with, I don't know, rubber band or something. And you have no idea. I'm just like, I have no time left to do anything. And then uh, I'd already spilled cheese dip all over the floor that night and wasted a lot, burnt a batch. And I remembered saying to myself that night, I was like, if I hit a speed bump and this dip spills, it's over. I'm done. You know, it's like you come so close to those moments where you're like, this is, this is going to be it. But I, I think, you know, fast forward to today, uh, one of the biggest failures I had was uh, food service. I tried to uh, market the product a little too early. And that ain't what I'm talking about. Which one? You, you remind me which one. I was told by somebody to ask you, did you ever flood your house? Oh, Jesus. Thanks, Wynn. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's I, hear this story. I gotta know it now. Yeah. Here we go. So, um, I'm going through this, you know, all right, I'm trying to get into Kroger. I've got one great product. I'm pitching to them and the feedback I'm getting is, Hey, unless you got three, you really aren't going to be able to move forward with anything. I'm like, all right, well, I got to come up with two other flavors. Easy, I'll make the, the original spicier, but i got to come out with a white, a queso blanco, because that's what everybody keeps asking for. So I'm spending six months at my house, you know, experimenting. I've got cheese manufacturers that are shipping me samples, you know, Schreiber and Welcome Dairy and everyone else, and I'm like, I get so lost in which ones I even used for which batch and how much water. I, I, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Uh, but one day... I, I, my, my wife was coming home early and our agreement is like, have that kitchen cleaned up by the time I get home. Right. It's respectable. She wants to walk into a clean, clean house. And I had, you know, just freaking cheese everywhere. It was like on the ceiling. You know, I use this immersion blender and everything and it's scattered everywhere. And, um, I'm, you're, you're multitasking, right? You're doing 50 things at once. Well, I start the water in the laundry room, we've got a sink in there to get it hot, um, but I forgot to unplug it. And so I'm in the kitchen and, um, do, you know, cleaning pots or doing something else. And um, my wife comes home and she's like, Andrew, and, uh, and I'm, it scared me, man. I'm, I'm, jump, I'm a jumpy person if I hear somebody yell. And I look down and there's about two to three inches of water, like standing water, that have crept from the laundry room all the way down the hallway and then flooded the the uh, dining room area. And I, I didn't even know what to do. I was, like, in shock, right? Like, what do you do in that moment? Because a towel isn't going to wipe it up, right? Well, the worst part of this is after I did get it cleaned up, I'm, you know, I've got a pitcher and I'm scooping water into it and eventually used all the towels. I did it again a week later, and it was worse, right? So it's like... 
you, you talk about, hey, you, you may learn from your mistakes, man. And I'm just, that's the life of an entrepreneur. Is So did you mess up in the wood, hardwood? There's some buckling. There's, um, you know, thankfully we have con- these like concrete finished floors. Uh, that's what saved us, I guess, you know. But if we had a wooden floor, we probably would have moved by now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man, that, Damon, is that not an incredible story, man? Not it, once, but twice. He did yeah. not tell me you'd done it twice. No. I, I appreciate Brian for uh, reminding you of that. Thank you. Man. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to top that anymore. Well, mm. what was your or was your favorite childhood food with your dad making the dip? I've got to ask that. Okay. So the, the easiest thing to go to is just the tortilla chip and eating it cold because it's instant, right? That's why a lot of snack foods today are selling so well. They don't require, you know, things that don't require preparation. Um, And so that's always been the absolute favorite. But mixing it, you know, boiling some noodles and and getting the original yellow, we would use that, mix it with uh, macaroni, and you would add some mozzarella to it. So mozzarella doesn't have a ton of flavor, but it's got that texture that you love, and then you've got the boldness of the cheese dip. So it was like mac and cheese, and um, sometimes we would dip. This is, I, I wouldn't, you know, put this in like a, a, this wouldn't be a commercial, but my dad always cooked sirloin steak and, you know, whatever's, there's always leftovers. Well, sirloin steak. That's reheated. all we ate. That's all we ate. Right. Sirloin. Yeah, like, there was no such thing as a ribeye or a filet until I got older. I did not know they existed. That's exactly the same we were poor we had to eat sirloin that's what this grocery store sirloin yeah that was we were living good at that you know and then it was canned corn and maybe a baked potato or you know something like that but but to this day i'll eat canned corn with um i'll you know i'll church it up i'll do a ribeye but uh and and a baked potato and it just like brings back these memories but um so i the next day after the you know leftover steak I'd, we would cut these slices of it, you know, kind of like bite-sized slices, and it's cold, and you dip it in the cheese dip cold. I still do that today if I have left, even if it's filet, I do it. Really? So, yeah, man, that's just one of my favorites. What um, what would you say the proudest moment of your career is so far? I know you just got started. You're a couple of years in, but what would you say is the most proud that you've, you've achieved so far? You know, um, I, I would say easily – getting a, a deal with Kroger um, and not just because it's in my hometown, you know, that's the major grocery store here. That's a big component, but they're a national retail. Kroger is the biggest grocery um, national chain in, in the U S I'm pretty sure. And if not, they own a lot, right? Outside of Walmart. Walmart's Outside of Walmart. Walmart. Well, they were the largest, I believe until, Whatever year Walmart decided to start the super, you're center. right. And overnight, yeah. Walmart quickly became the largest grocery retailer. And you know what's funny? I, I don't even think about Walmart because I think of it more as a department store. I do too. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, and and I'm also so scared of Walmart too. So I'm like they're, they they don't they're not up, that bad. Uh, yeah, um, don't tell them I said that. But um, I, I I think getting in there within you know me knocking on the door six months in business and then you know nine months later not only did they say all right we're going to give you a chance with 40 stores they called back the next day and said we're going to give you 100 stores in five states it's on you for this to be successful and there's a lot that 
is implied there. But it's a lot this ride on those programs like that. Yeah. It really is. I mean, we just had another meeting with them the other day, and they're kind of wanting us to expand as well. And uh, I think we're in about 63 with our DSD delivery guy knows, and we're fishing to go to another 150 maybe or something like that, 120. Certainly. On that range, and then gradually out from there. Yeah. Uh, and so I th- it's one of those where it's it's a unknown cher- territory for me, and um, getting into Kroger legitimizes my business to where I can go find other retailers too. So if if I'm approaching Publix or someone like that for the first time, I, I'm happy to say or I'm proud to say, hey, we're in you know two different Kroger divisions and so on. Well, going back to the food aspect, you know, what is the I know you've got fans out there, you know, and y'all got a Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. What's the most unique dish you've seen created out of your cheese dip? Oh man, that is a that's a really good question, and the reason why it's so hard to, for something to come to mind is because so many things have been done with it that I've never done before but are so easy. So whether it's using it in a casserole or uh, pouring it on a baked potato, which is one of my new favorites, um, or, you know, just using it as um, a dipping for um, whether it be quesadillas or stuff like that. So I I would say the most unique thing, and it's not crazy, but I saw someone cook up some uh, chipotle, I think it was some chipotle breakfast sausage, and um, once they drained the, the juices or, I say, grease, whatever it is, then they poured the Arbos in it, and then it, like, went over these, um, I don't know what you call them. It's almost like, feel you know those at Taco Bell, those, those gorditas, that type of shell? Mm-hmm. It's almost like a pita. They, like, toasted those and put it on it, and I'm like, man. that So that's been my favorite thing to see i haven't tried it yet but um that sounds good yeah uh the corn thing was pretty cool too that that one uh was a surprise but you've kind of got my head turning about doing some mac and cheese uh research with it about adding a flavor and i think i'm gonna have to try that coming up yeah mix, mix something up um and and i was at a food show on tuesday uh in batesville mississippi with uh, performance food group i went out there not only to you know shop around but get some ideas and right now this this cajun theme isn't leaving my head so i'm like okay do i come out with a you know a voodoo cajun some i think of like you know zaps chips those crawfish flavored chips well they've really hit the market nowadays they've got a zap seasoning out now they do and there is uh, what else is that we've seen zaps pretzels the other day oh the my very gosh. first time zaps yeah. pretzels oh gosh yeah i mean so, so something like it, thinking about that in crawfish um but uh i think casseroles tend to be like one of the things that come to mind pretty easy uh, i did use the uh your chicken rub the other day and the same as the steaks once it's cold the next day i'm like just dip using that to dip it in, in chips so our that, chicken rub has that southwestern oh to type to it is is it okay to use it on other things oh I'm yes <laughs> oh yes believe it or not i've got a recipe coming out or not i cooked the other day where i used the chicken rub and my hot rub and made a buffalo rib oh use it on dude. a rib 
and uh, it turned out very, very good. Oh uh, yeah, um, th- that's it's so funny too because like I think it's the sweetness uh, of the sauce, but my one year old will eat cheese dip and he'll eat chicken nuggets, but it has to have Heath Rawls barbecue sauce, and I'm not lying. You look at look in our cabinet. There's the sweet that sauce. Much, the sweet sauce. Um, and then we have an original. He'll, he eats both, but um, he, they like it because it doesn't have this spice. This not spice, but like some of them are, have have a kick yeah. that that I don't think agrees with them yet. But that the heat the yeah your your sweet and your original has been um, uh, in the in the fridge and also just kind of used on a multitude of things. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. it. All right, so. Describe your daily routine right now. Um, all right. So uh, I got back from Nashville last night about 1 a.m. Uh, after going down for a meeting and uh, got to sleep in about 7.30 today. So, uh, <laughs> man, it's it's taking kids to school every day um, in the morning, and my wife usually picks them up um, or we flip-flop. That is one of the most exciting things about my day is walking them to school or taking them to school. But then right after that, I'm, like, running home, and I've got this this tunnel vision of, like, what I'm about to start. And it could be screaming at uh, distributors about, you know, disputing <laughs> chargebacks. Because when, when I get on something, like, I'm fierce. And that sounds it, just like me. Don't it, it Damon? Right. Yeah, and and you're you're like, well, it's is this worth my time to try to get three hundred dollars back? And I'm like, it's principle, man. Like it's if, the principle of things. They, they will bully you around. Um, and so it, it's it's either that or I'm you know tidying up a, a, a pitch deck to send over shipping samples uh, to different you know retails. Shipped one some to uh, Sprouts yesterday, um, and then you know later. I'm working on my books, um, just accounting stuff, and then uh, just doing some R and D. Yesterday, you know, yesterday I, I did some um, some experimenting with some different flavors and helps give me some ideas. Um, and you know, I love scheduling um, networking meetings. Like it, we, I've come up here a couple times and chat we chat with you. So I always try to leave some time in there to um, focus on the bigger picture and making connections and stuff like that. I think I, I don't give myself much of a break and that's where I, I, sh- I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not worn down, but I'm like, I, I know I'm tired. Right. I mean, I get that way sometimes myself and I just kind of kick it in second gear. Sometimes I'll go down a gear and then I'll go up, up two gears, Yes, you know, to kind of make up for my going down a gear. I hate to say it. And I know um, it, you feel guilty uh, and, you do. I just have the responsibility of so many people on my shoulders now that I think about things a lot differently and the decisions that I make and the lives I'm going to impact and do having employees and stuff. And, man, you know, you'd have told me 10 years ago where I'd be where I was at today having some employees work for me in this barbecue business, I'd have laughed. Right. You know, I never thought it would be that way. But it can get to anything you want to make out of it. And, and we try to put out a quality product just like you do. And I think people... People y'all make it look easy, man. Too. I'm, I'm like, y'all have these beautiful sauces and seasonings, and I'm just, I, other than my original, it's so hard to come up with seasoning blends. And man, I, I got a whirlwind going on in my mind. What, 
anything new you're working on right now? Oh yeah, I've got. Um, you want to tell the listeners first off? Oh yeah, yeah. So we've got um, a, a two, three big things coming up. So first thing I'm I'm really going to be uh, super proud of is our rebrand. Um, as I'm wearing a hat, I'm all decked out right now. So um, it, it's more patriotic. It's more of my identity. You know, this this one I love it. It'll always have a special place in my heart. But what I learned is it's hard to read it, especially when you're at the grocery store. It's so hard to see. And people that haven't tried it, they're in Texas at Central Market. Need that and, cheese dip on it, right? Yeah, it's got to say cheese dip, but it says it in cursive in the you know size two font. Uh, so I learned all that. Um, so we've got this rebrand coming out. It's going to be um, you know still the same three flavors, but we're giving it a, a nice overhaul. Um, and then we are launching e-commerce, which. I that's never what I'm talking about. I know that's one of the most exciting things because I never thought this was in my future, at least for the indefinite future, um, because I couldn't imagine me cold packing and shipping products myself and charging customers the the thirty five dollars it costs to overnight it. But our distributor, Gourmet Foods International, thankfully, coincidentally, we're in the Atlanta warehouse. They have an arm where they will. Um, uh, basically not just receive orders, but they'll do all the labor shipping and everything. And so I don't have to do anything. I'm shipping the product to Atlanta already for Kroger and for Central Market in Texas. And all they have to do now is um, just pull some from the inventory and ship out one, two, three tubs, whatever people are ordering. And um, we're going to get ready to launch that. Uh, I'm, I will be ready by the end of this month, but I'm trying to time it with the rebrand. It may not work that way. I'll probably just announce it in early May, maybe going into what's what's holiday in May. Is that, uh, it's not Labor Day. It's uh, Memorial. Memorial Day. I should know that. Um, so that's what's uh, coming up next in May. And then I've, I'm definitely one new flavor, uh, possibly two uh, limited time releases just to see how they go. One of them is going to be, I know this sounds crazy, but we're, we've we've experimented with the original recipe and adding blue cheese. I was just thinking that in my head. I promise you, dude, it is insane. And adding any buffalo sauce. That's the second one. So I'm like, do I do buffalo or do I do um, like a cage? I don't know. It, it, that's the thing is you just keep experimenting and and trial it with people and all this stuff and figure it out. But that blue, I'm thinking about it like. What do I call it? You know, Bill Street Blue or Memphis Blues? I don't know. Something like that. Probably giving people ideas. So um, can I trademark that? But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, that flavor. Even if you aren't like a huge blue cheese fan, it's a hint of it. It's not like super powerful where you're eating a, like a true blue cheese type dip or blue cheese by itself. But it's got the little blue cheese chunks in there. Man, uh, I'm really excited about that one. But... Um, you know, I, I, from talking to you and getting some, some pointers on, Hey, shelf stable stuff versus perishable. I really want to spend this, this year experimenting, possibly releasing something else, whether it's like a, uh, you know, cheese powdered Arbo seasoned, um, product, uh, for popcorn or whatever it may be. Um, or even kind of like a cheese spread, you know, yeah, I know you, um, recommended that and i've already taken a lot of um steps to getting to that that phase so 
uh, it's so crazy because I'm like, I'll never change the original rest. I'll never sell anything but this. But then you learn, you're like, oh, my gosh, I need a shelf-stable product. You almost have to give people what they're asking for in a sense. And yes. that, that was kind of like us. We started out with our everyday rub, you know, and I say that because I see the garlic jalapeno bottle behind you there hanging on the wall. Oh, yeah. And, and so we started off with one flavor of it, uh, you know, of everyday rub. And yeah. that was just salt, pepper, and garlic, right? That's right. And a few spices. Well, that turned into me wanting a spicier, kind of a little bit of a kick, not too spicy. Yeah. Because the garlic jalapeno is not really spicy. It just has a little bit of heat to it. And so when I created that, that rub kind of took off and kind of passed my everyday rub of right. salt, pepper, garlic. And I sell so much as a garlic jalapeno now. I, You know, now I don't use the everyday rub a lot myself. I use the garlic jalapeno. Right. Uh, it, it's uh, – by the way, I've got to try that one because I saw it when I walked in, and I've got I have the garlic butter, and I have your all-purpose. Um, I mean, went from that uh, Smoking Brothers indoor competition, I came back with so many rubs and sauces. Um, but I, I've just loved getting to live through you all um, with you know the the barbecue world and everything that y'all are doing to help me. So it's. It's like, where do I go from here, man? That's the thing. There's no limitations. It's just, what are you willing to do? No limit. Well, I just want to tell you, thank you for coming on the show. And for everybody that does not know who Andrew is, I hope you find this podcast, listen to it, and order you some Arbo's Cheese Dip. Because if when you try it, I guarantee you'll be converted just like me. And without a doubt. Um, it's so much joy and just being able to sell, you know, five, $6 tub of cheese dip. So, um, I wish I could just give it away, but you can't run a business like that. So. You know how that is. Well, tell everybody where they can find you at online. So we just recently launched, uh, online fulfillment across the U S so nationally you can now order Arbo's cheese dip by going to arbosdip.com, A R B O S, uh, dip.com. Um, and it will route you to Gourmet Dash, but that's our landing page where you can order from. Um, but if you're somewhere local where it's sold, we're in Kroger in five states, you know, Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, um, did I say yeah, Kentucky? I don't know if I covered all five there. but uh, And then we're also featured all over Texas and every major city uh, through um, Central Market. Um, right now we're just trying to, focus regionally and, you know, grow out. But the online fulfillment was a huge win, especially since this is something that has got to be cold, cold packed. And if you order $75 or more, it's free shipping. So uh, we'll see where it gets next. That's what I'd like to see. Well, thank you for coming on with us today, Andrew. And as always, Cheers, enjoy man. shooting the queue, everybody. Awesome. We'll see you next week. Another episode. Thank you for tuning in to the shooting the queue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.